I think it's brilliant. Oh. Yes, Lord, thou speaketh. Cool. You ready for a great morning? Yeah. Ready for a great weekend? Yeah. Excellent. Because you guys are so amazing, you can all take yesterday off. That's me. I'm just sweet like that. I'm good. Cool. For those of you who don't know me, because I know we've got a few uh, new people in the church, because uh, we've been away on holidays, um, slumming it on a cruise ship, so um, yeah, that was just amazing. Let me, don't let me get me started, that's cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary, and along with my wife Jane, we pastor the church here, and uh, we've got a great team. I, so I want to shout out our team. They are an amazing group of leaders that have done an incredible job, and we thank them, Steve and Gina, Luke and Haley, and all the other leaders as well. Uh, Paul and Teresa, every, all, every one of our leaders just do an amazing job and we know that we can go away and completely rest and relax and um, just uh, just rest and relax. <laughs> That's all we did, I've got to tell you. Right here, right now, we just rested and relaxed. Any more relaxed, I'll be flaked out down here just uh, yeah, on the sun deck, um, look in the pool. That's great. Well, this morning, this morning, where do I begin? I've got no idea, but there you go. I have got a message prepared just so you can relax. It's cool. Um, here we go. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this morning. I think just um, the significance of Good Friday is just a powerful, powerful thing that we sometimes don't come to realize, Father. And I just uh, I ask you to help us to, to realize the magnificence of today, the incredible strength and courage it took for you to walk a particular course to go a certain way that we wouldn't have to. Father, I thank you for Jesus having the courage to go and to be led to a place of horror and to be nailed to that place. But then I thank you for Sunday. Lord, I thank you for this message. I thank you that you speak to us through it. I pray by the power of your spirit that you establish things in our hearts and our minds that we can start to see you in a whole new way. And to that end, I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Um, you ever had to make a sacrifice for someone or something in your life? Uh, perhaps you've given up your spot in a checkout line for someone else. Uh, or you've worked a double shift so that someone else could take some time off. Or, or maybe you gave up a career so that you could homeschool or do something else to support your family. Maybe you've worked two to three jobs so that your kids can go through school or go through university or do something that's on their hearts. Sacrifice means so many things to so many different people. See, what you would call a sacrifice, I may not. But what I call a sacrifice, you may not. It just depends upon our circumstance and what we're going through, doesn't it? So sacrifice can mean so much to so many different people. People, Like I said before, Jane and I uh, sacrificed uh, life in, a, in the comfort of our home and our holidays to go and slum it on a cruise ship. It was a big sacrifice, but we had to do it, so um, just bear with us. But on board this cruise ship, we discovered people that were serving us that spend between eight and nine months at a time on the cruise ship to be able to make ends meet for their families. Now, I want to tell you that working on a cruise ship is not going on a cruise it's work. 
They work incredibly long hours. Sometimes they'll do split shifts. They will uh, do all sorts of manner of things. They've got stringent rules of employment. They've got minimal pay. They've got cramped living conditions in their own cabins. They they do uh, put up with some uh, sometimes horrible customers, like the, the people that are on the cruise ships as well. Uh, so the, the, the conditions there are quite hard, but they do that so that they can actually make a living for their families, that they can send their own kids to schools and universities where they come from back home. So they make a, a, a sacrifice. And I think that at some point that we've all made sacrifices of some sort at some time. However, it's unlikely that the sacrifices that we have made have had an effect beyond our own circle of influence. It's unlikely that the sacrifices we've made have reached across the world. Today's Good Friday. It's a day we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And I want to tell you that sacrifice not only reached across a nation, it reached across continents, across oceans, and across time and generations itself. That is a sacrifice that has eternity as a benefit. 1 John 4.10 says, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The sacrifice that God the Father sent was that of His one and only Son, Jesus. I've said a, a number of times that I could never give the life of one of my children or my grandchildren for someone else. I just don't love you that much. I, I'm sorry if that bursts your bubble this morning, uh, that you know, you're devastated by that, but it's a fact. And I challenge us to, th- to ask ourselves, could I do that? C- could you do that? But here's the deal. God does love us that much. God looked at his son Jesus, whom he loves. And he looked at us. And he loves us just as much as he loves the son. The Bible tells us that. It's a a fact. Brings us back to the thing, though. It's a massive sacrifice. It's a massive sacrifice. And that's what Easter is all about. It's the story of what Jesus did at Calvary for all of us. His betrayal, his arrest, the beatings that he suffered, the being flogged, ridiculed, humiliated, falsely accused, being hated and despised. And then his crucifixion, the the horrific death that he suffered, the the, the burial, and then the ultimate victory over sin and death as seen in his resurrection and his ascension. And I want to talk about that on on Sunday. I've got a, a really great message on Sunday that I think that uh, will really put encouragement in your bones. It'll put a, a real zing in your uh, whatever, your, your KFC. It'll, it'll be a great message, honestly. It'll be fantastic. Here's the question I ask myself. Though. Did the sacrifice of Jesus come easily? I don't think it did. I don't think it, it did at all. I, I'm, I'm always gripped when I read the account of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he has brought some of his, his closest 
disciples with him, the ones that he, he sort of like leaned on and, you know, the ones that he was leaning into as well. And, and he said, hey, guys, I, I, I'm just really feeling a, a real grief, a real heaviness in my spirit right now. And I would love for you to pray for me and support me as I do this. And they've, they've sat down and Jesus has gone a little bit further ahead and he's got down on his knees. And all of a sudden, it's just this, this emotion has, has risen up in Jesus. And, and he's saying, God, if, if it's possible, let this cup of, su- cup of suffering pass, but yet not my will be, yours be done. And then he sweated great drops of blood from his forehead. And, and he's had to be strengthened by an angel from heaven itself. Did, did it hurt? You know, was there any sort of, like, was it easy for Jesus to do it? Not at all. There was this tearing of between this, this battle that's going on between the spirit and the flesh, the flesh and the spirit. Have a listen. In Luke 22, 39 to 44, it says, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room, went as usual to the Mount of Olives, and there he told them, Pray that you not enter into temptation. And he's walked away, about a stone throw away, and, and he's knelt down and he's prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not, uh, I don't want you, uh, I don't my will to be done. I want yours to be done. And then an angel appeared and strengthened him, and he prayed more fervently as, and was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great, great drops of blood. It's, it's a medical fact that this can happen. Someone can be under so much stress that the capillaries in there where their sweat glands and stuff are, uh, and, and, and stuff, they can burst and bleed and leach in. Sorry, leach into. My last name's Leach, by the way. Just, so they can bleed into the, the drops of sweat. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Was it easy for Jesus to go to the cross? Not at all. Not at all. And as I read this, I felt a challenge in three specific areas. And I want to share those three areas with you this morning. And they're all dealing with sacrifice, something of myself for the sake of gospel. Sacrificing what I want. For the sake of the gospel. Those three things are God's will, God's way, and God's win. God's will, God's way, God's win. It's got to be God starts with God, ends with W. It's great. First one, God's will. Jesus had to battle his own will. He had to fight through whether what he wanted versus what his father wanted. In Luke 22, verse 41, you know, he, he's saying, that, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. There was this surrendering of his own will to that of the Father. It was all about what God wanted. It was, it was following the Father's will. It was, uh, if there was a better way that lay ahead, Jesus would have preferred it. But it wasn't about what Jesus wanted. It was about the will of the Father and that being carried out. It was what the will of the Father that took precedence. Jesus knew God's will was for him to drink the cup of suffering. Jesus had already made the decision in his life that no matter what, the Father's will would be what he would pursue. And we read that in John chapter 6, verses 38 to 40. It says, I, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. 
He says, this is the will of God, that I should not lose one, even one of those that he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus knew why he was coming. It was to fulfill the, the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was that whoever believed in Jesus and what Jesus did at Calvary and what happened at Calvary, that if they believed in that, that they would receive eternal life. Jesus found satisfaction and fulfillment in doing the will of the Father. In the interaction with the woman at the well, he has this great discourse with this woman and this woman goes away and there's a whole revival happens in a particular town. The disciples come back and they find Jesus, who has arrived at this particular place, exhausted, weary and tired and hungry. They come back and they find Jesus completely re- reversed. He's fulfilled. He's satisfied. Why? And it says in John 4, 34, it says, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Jesus was satisfied and fulfilled in doing the will of the Father. When we know what the Father's will is, who wins that argument with us? Depends what it is I hear on the front row. When there's a battle on for my will versus God's will, who wins? I've got to tell you, it's not always God in my life, but you guys may be closer to perfection than I am. <laughs> who, ba- who wins the battle of wills in your life? I've had some stand-up Barneys with my kids in dark times gone past. I won't go into my uh, daughter's life that's here today, this morning. But we had some stand-up, you know, like I've, I've heard the story where this kid's in the car and they're driving along and, and, and the kid's standing up on the back seat. And mum, you, you, you could sit down in the car. He said, I don't want to. He said, you better sit down in the car or you're going to be really sorry. So he sits down. He says, I'm still standing up on the inside. <laughs> you got one of those kids? Yeah. I haven't. Oh, she's like me. Oh, I just might silence the front row. Cone of silence comes down. Who wins the battle of wills in your own life? Can I, can I suggest that before any miracles ever happen, before any breakthrough ever comes in our life, there is first a battle of the wills, God's will or ours. Are we willing to, are we willing, willing, are we willing to give up what we want to follow and pursue that no matter what the choices are? I want the will of the Father to be done in this circumstance because that's going to lead us. Every time, we will never take an action without having first thought about something first. It all, everything that we do starts as a thought. That's why our will is so, so important. We've got to come to a point of submitting and surrendering our will to the Father's will. Because when there's a choice, and we haven't made the decision, no matter what happens, that I'm going to follow the Father's will. When there comes a choice between doing the two, and I've not made the decision to follow God's way, we're going to sometimes err on the, on the side of ourselves and follow our own, uh, our own course in life. Because we've not had the discipline to follow through on the decision. If we've made no decision, there's no discipline needed to follow through on the decision. Does that make sense? Or have I lost you? 
God's way. Second thing. So we've got God's will. We've got God's way. God's way led directly to the cross. The giving up of the life of his only son so that mankind could find life. God's way is a holy way. He's a holy God. To stand before him requires a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, it was the blood of animals. But in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, it was the sinless blood of Christ that paid the price for our sin. Who pays? Who wins the battle of God's way or your way? Jesus, just, just as, as God's way led to the cross for Jesus, our way leads to the cross of Jesus also. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Have a listen to this out of the Passion Translation. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 24 says this. Jesus said to all of his followers, If you truly desire to be my disciple. Anyone here truly desire to be a disciple of Jesus? Give me a show of hands. I'll pray for the rest of you. So if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely, embrace my cross as your own, and surrender to my ways. Have you made a decision? If there is an opportunity to go your way or God's way, which side of that coin are you going to fall on? Which side are you going to follow? Which pathway are you going to follow? Because unless you've made the decision right early, say no matter what, I'm going to go God's way, then when the opportunity comes, goes for a different way, you are going, it's likely that you're not going to follow through and go God's way. Jesus himself says that we've got to surrender our will. We've got to surrender our ways. We've got to surrender our lives. I don't, you know, people say the Christian, it doesn't cost anything to be a Christian. No, it just costs everything. It's easy to be a Christian. No, it's not. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Oh, all your problems are over when you become a Christian. No, they're just starting. Because now not only may you be having conflict with people around you, there's an internal conflict going on between your will and your way and God's will and God's way. All I'm trying to do here this morning is, you know what? Point us towards the cross because at the cross there's a God's win. Have we embraced the cross of Jesus as our own? Have we surrendered to the ways of Jesus? See, God's way involves sacrifice. God's way is the way of love. It's forgiveness. It's grace. It's mercy. God's way is to pray for those who hurt us, abuse us, and and, and hate us. God's way is that it's better to give than to receive. Many times our ways conflict with the ways of God. An example. This week, only this week, I found myself stubbornly refusing to go God's way. Absolutely refused to. I knew I was doing the wrong thing. I just didn't want to give in. It's this stubborn, rebellious streak in me. We were at the supermarket. We were in the line for the checkout. We had a big trolley of of groceries, and uh, we're waiting there. We're waiting behind another lady who, for whatever reason, couldn't get her act together. And we're waiting. I'm waiting patiently. Surprised me. And there's a lady behind us. So there's this lady in front. She's trying to get her act together, trying to get her shopping through the, the, the checkout. I'm waiting there patiently with a shopping trolley for This lady behind us has got one thing. And I feel the pressure. Do, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I've only got one thing. 
would you like to let me through first? Because I've only got one thing. I, 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 I remember, I looked down towards the express lane. There was a line in the express lane. I know why she's there. She wants to push in. She doesn't want to wait where she is. She wants to push into my lane and encroach on my time. I'm already waiting for the lady in front. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not asking you if you want to come through here. She didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And I sadly went through the checkout without letting her through. I won that. But did I? I, I tell you today and over this last few days, all I've been thinking about is this woman. Um, where is she now? I mean, I'd, I'd love to... Ma- did you want to come through now? You know? She, she actually changed lanes because she saw that I wasn't going to let her through. They had to check out. That's right. And they asked the lady if she wants to go through. They sucked up to her. <laughs> yeah, she's here today. Yeah. Oh, by the way, welcome to church. Have you ever had those, those circumstances, though, yourselves? Like, you know, you start stubbornly refuse. I'm not giving in. It's, ooh. You know what I mean? Or am I the only one <laughs> that's been to Cole's checkout and done that? Yeah. yeah. Might have started in the car park, yeah. We want to do things our way. We want to get even with the person who hurt us. We want to paint ourselves in a better light than those around us so we become evangelistic about our description of ourselves and what we do. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says this, There is a path, in brackets, away before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. The way we want to go may seem right, it may feel right, it may soothe our anger and and appease our own strong-willedness and lack of generous line-giving. But in the end, it's a dead end. See, Psalm 18 verse 30 says this, and I love this, God's way is perfect. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look for him for protection. I can sense this lady now praying for her, for me, for protection from people like me again. Let the cry of our hearts be like that of Moses. Ever listen to what Moses says? In Exodus 33 verse 13 he says, If it is true that you look favorably on me, then let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. What a heart. Lord, I want to know how you, your ways. I want to know how you operate. I want to know the, the ways that you're leading. I want to know those things because I want to know you, Father. Because when I know your ways, I'll understand your nature and your character. I'll know why you do stuff. It's the why behind the what. God may do something, but unless we know the God behind the what, the what then we're going to find out that you know, we're, we're starting to hate him or we don't think that God's good. Because we've judged him upon something that you know, we have no clue about. But when we understand who God is, his nature, his character, the way that he is, that's a person I want to follow. And how do we do that? We read this. We spend time in his presence. We talk to him. We get to know him. And if he's standing behind us in the checkout, he can go through first. Let's choose God's way in life. Let's sacrifice what we want, the way we want to live and to relate for the ways of God. 
Who's going to win the battle for your heart for the way that you're going to live? See, God's way may take you in a direction that you don't want to go. You never envisaged yourself going this way, but because you feel that God's going this way, you're going to have to follow because you're committed now. You've made a decision in church on that Good Friday, on the 30th of March in 2018, because you heard this message, you made a decision, I'm going to go God's way from now on. And you may find yourself going down a pathway you never thought you'd ever go down. In fact, you don't want to go down there because you think it's going to hurt, there's going to be pain, and there's likely that it's going to be true. There may be pain, there may be hurt. But because you made a decision, I want to tell you right now, you're heading for God's win. You are heading for God's win. Jesus made the decision. It wasn't his will. He was going to follow the fathers. Jesus Jesus made a decision. It wasn't about his way. It was God's way. And because he went through God's will and God's way, it always leads to a God win. You need to understand when you change your ways and your, your will to God's will and God's way, you are heading for a God win. You need to understand that this morning. You're headed towards victory. You're headed towards uh, being overcome. You're going to come out on top, not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You need to understand that this morning. Oh, get me started. In fact, I'm just about to finish, so. God's win. The great final victory comes through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross at Calvary. John 16, 33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Death has no hold on Jesus and now it has no hold on us. You don't need to fear death anymore. You're going to live forever. Who's your mama? Come on. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 to 58. Death is swallowed up in victory. (laughs) Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Because Jesus sacrificed his will and his way to do God's will, God's way, God won the battle over sin and death. Now, by faith in Jesus, we can rest in that victory too. Romans 8.37 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Jesus has already won the victory. And we benefit from his victory by believing him, surrendering our way and our will to God's will and God's way. When we sacrifice our will and our ways for God's will and God's way, everyone becomes a winner. Our families win. Our marriages win. Our communities win. Our workplaces win. Our schools start to win. And because why? Because we made a decision. It's about God's will, God's way, and God's going to have the victory wherever we go. Because we are victorious. We are overcomers. We're more than conquerors, the Bible tells us. So wherever we go, wherever we land, there's a place of victory being established in this world by the kingdom of God coming in the power of the Holy Spirit. What will you do? What way will you go? And whose win will you walk in? See, 
my will, my way may result in some small wins along the way. But God's will, God's way results in wins you could never imagine. Blind eyes being opened, deaf ears being opened up, the lame walking, the dead being raised to life, cancer going in Jesus' name. Divorce no longer an issue, you know. Starting to see our communities and our societies becoming stronger based upon the, the, what God says and, and the way that God wants us to live because God knows best. You see, I said that I could never give the life of any of my kids and grandkids for anyone else. But God's will and God's way did and it resulted in salvation being available for all of mankind. And that's a win I could never have seen coming. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word today that we make a decision right now to go your will, your way to see you win the victory in Jesus' name. Amen.